0: As we come to this time, this last Sunday in the year 2020, and uh, I think we can rightly say, as we leave 2020 uh, and look forward to the year 2021, that uh, we we each pray that uh, we would um, that 2020 would uh, be clear to us in hindsight that God has uh, been with us, even in the midst of all the difficulties that we have experienced uh, since March. It seems so hard to believe that all of this uh, has been going on since the end of March. Another year is almost over, and a new one will shortly begin. Hopefully that, that adage the hindsight is 2020 will prove itself true as we move ahead, as we forge ahead into this new year. This year, uh, hopefully, will not be so changed as this past year has been uh, if we stop and think about the number of things that have, are different from January last year to this coming January this year, I mean, we would be so overwhelmed. There have been times of change. Each one of us has experienced change since our birth. Even in the past 10, 15, 20, 30 years, things have changed that we have grown accustomed to, that we have had to learn to adapt with. I've mentioned over the past few weeks uh, change even that uh, I saw since uh, 1970. I left high school. I went to university in New Orleans. And I remember a dime a time when I sat in a a class. It was a structures class. We were learning to design uh, concrete and steel. Now remember, this was 1970, 1971. And that was the year that Texas Instrument had produced the very first TI calculator. I still have it. I meant to bring it to show it to you. And the school told us that it would be a disadvantage for some to have it and some not, because it was so expensive. Now, normal calculations at that time was done with, and I could have brought this too, I forgot it, was a slide rule. Uh, And many of you who were engineering in engineering fields or mathematical fields, know what that is. We had to use our slide rule because the Texas Instrument Calculator, which at that time could just do squares and square roots, no trigonometric functions, uh, would have put some at a disadvantage because of the cost. Now we have computers the size of our desktops sitting in our laps, even sitting in our hands. Your telephones are just as powerful as some of those early computers that I had at university. Televisions have gone from these huge boxes of uh, vacuum tubes to LED screens uh, as small as uh, half an inch. Amazing how the technology has changed over the years. Typewriters have gone from IBM Selectrics to word processors on our computers. Banks we have seen grow and bust. Walls over the decades have been built and some have collapsed. Landmarks have been erected and many have been taken down. Flags have been raised and taken down. Some have been changed. Tsunamis have uh, devastated lands and countries. Earthquakes and floods and wars and cities have been changed. Even theology over the years has seen some change. The study of God, which we call theology, in that study there has been a group of people that believe that God Himself is open to change. The title for this, the name placed upon this, is what Matthew might recognize as open theism. Making a case for a personal God who is open to the influence of our prayers, decisions, actions of His people. They say that God is able to anticipate the future and yet remains fluid to, uh, to respond to your request, to react to your prayers and your decisions, made either contrary to what His will is, or coming alongside that will. Contrary to what some may say, the Scriptures are clear and they teach us that there is one who does not change. In fact, it is impossible for him to change. Turn with me, if you will, to this passage in Hebrew. Hebrews uh, chapter 6, beginning in verse 13. As we read these words about a God who does not change. Hebrews chapter 6, beginning in verse 13. For when God made the promise to Abraham, since he would swear by no one greater, he swore by himself, saying, I will surely bless you, and I will surely multiply you. And so, having patiently waited, he, Abraham, obtained the promise. For men swear by one greater than themselves, and with them an oath given as confirmation is an end of every dispute. In the same way, God desiring even more to show to the heirs of the promise the unchangeableness of his purpose interposed with an oath so that by two unchangeable things in which it is impossible for God to lie, we who have taken refuge would have strong encouragement to take hold of the hope that is set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul, a hope both sure and steadfast, and one which enters within the veil, where Jesus has entered as a forerunner for us, having become a high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. Heavenly Father, As we come to this Word, may we, Lord, see these words on this page, hear these words spoken in our ears, and know that these very words are Your words to us this day, assuring us, giving us hope that in the world where there is so much change, You never change. Father, we rest wholly and completely in that truth and that promise. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. The writer of Hebrews here uses that word in verse 18, so that by two unchangeable things... In the same way, God desiring even more to show to the heirs of the promise the unchangeableness of His purpose. That word, unchangeable, unchangeableness, refers to something we call the immutability of God. An incommunicable attribute. That is an attribute that God does not share with His creation, with those that He has created in His own image. Immutability is one of those incommunicable attributes of God. One of those characteristics that describes His essential nature. To say that God is immutable is to say that He never differs from Himself. He cannot change for the better since He is perfectly holy. Neither can God change for the worse since that would mean He would be somehow imperfect That's difficult for us to wrap our minds around, isn't it? That there's something, someone in this world, in this universe that does not, cannot change. Here is something that God cannot do, though. He cannot change. As humans, we are always changing, aren't we? How many times, even when you woke up this morning. Did you change your mind about something? Did you change your direction about where you were going? We all do. Ever since Adam and Eve fell in that garden of Eden when sin was introduced into God's creation, change has been a part of life. The moment we are born, we begin to change. We begin to age. Values and morals in this world certainly have changed in our culture. I mean, since my decade of birth, the early 50s, those things have changed so greatly. Right is being called wrong, Wrong is now called right. Proverbs 2.14 says that those who walk in darkness rejoice in doing evil and delight in the perverseness of evil things. We're seeing Romans 1.32 lived out right before our eyes and our society as people even give approval to those who practice wicked deeds. All those things that we thought so wrong and incomprehensible are being brought into our lives as norms. Every value in America is being challenged by some group in some way. We now live in a society, in a time where everything is plausible and nothing seems certain except... Change. Well, the one constant in a world of change is God. Change is everywhere, isn't it? Our methods change, but the message never will. The word that you hold there in your hands is constant, it never changes. Different translations, certainly. But the, the, the Hebrew and the Greek manuscripts, God's Word given to us by way of the prophets, and those writers in the New Testament, never changes. Charles Haddon Spurgeon wrote these words. He said, Would you lose your worries and fears this day? then you must immerse yourself in the immensity of God. Have you done that? Lost yourself in the immensity of God. He never changes. His being, His nature, perfections can't be altered Nothing can be added to the infinite God and nothing can be taken from Him. What God is today, He always was. What God is today, He always shall be. He is all wise. He did not change. He is perfect. He cannot change. Our stability, our rock, our refuge, our strength is in that God who never changes. In a world filled with instability, God doesn't change. We could say it like this. In our ever-changing world, we can count on an unchanging God When we speak of God's immutability, his unchanging nature, we're referring to that quality of God that never changes. R.C. Sproul wrote The Lord is immutable, it's impossible for his character or being to undergo any mutation. Like even this COVID 19 virus we have seen in the past couple of weeks seems to mutate and change. God does not change. His power cannot be augmented or diminished, He never learns or forgets. He cannot be anything other than perfectly holy. Nothing God has ever said about Himself will ever be modified. Nothing the inspired prophets or the apostles have written about Him will ever be taken back or rescinded. His immutability guarantees this fact. All that God is, He has always been. And all that He has been and is, He will ever be. God does not change. Well, it sounds like a a great theological topic for discussion, but I guarantee you open your Bibles, you begin reading Genesis to Revelation, you will find Scripture after Scripture talking about God being stable, unchanging. Numbers 23.19 God is not a man that He should lie, nor a son of man that He should repent. Has He said it, and will He not do it? Or has He spoken, and will He not make it good? Psalm 90 verse 2 says, Before the mountains were born, or you gave birth to the earth and the world, even from everlasting to everlasting, you were God. Psalm 102. Of old you founded the earth, and the heavens are the works of your hands. Even they will perish, but you will endure. And all of them will wear out like a garment, like clothing. You will change them, and they will be changed, but you are the same, and your years will not come to an end. Malachi chapter 3, verse 6. For I the Lord. A covenant-keeping, promise-keeping God do not change. Therefore, you sons of Jacob are not consumed because of the promises God has made to the patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. To you, if you are a child of God through faith in Jesus Christ, be thankful that God does not change. That he holds to those promises that preserve you, that keep you, so that you might persevere to the end. James, in James 1.17 says, "Every good thing given and every perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of lights, with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow." God does not change. Psalm 18. I love you, O Lord, my strength. The Lord is what? My rock and my fortress. My deliverer, my God. My rock in whom I take refuge. My shield and my horn of salvation. My stronghold. God is unchangeable. Our rock, our fortress, our deliverer, our salvation. God does not change. In His promises in His purposes toward His people and His creation, and in His person, His personality. In an ever-changing world, we can count on this unchanging God. Let's look at those three things. God's promises never change. Here in this passage that is before us, particularly drawing out A man by the name of Abraham. Abraham was given a promise back in Genesis 15, verse 6. And Abraham believed the Lord. Abraham was called out of a pagan nation, out of Ur of the Chaldees, to go into a land that he did not know, to go into a place that he'd never been before. And by faith, he left his home and his family and went into that land. And Genesis 15 6 says, And he believed the Lord, and the Lord counted, credited to him as righteousness. Why did Abraham believe God's promises? Certainly wasn't because those promises were immediately fulfilled. God didn't say to Abraham, I'm going to do this for you, and it happened. It took time, friends. It took years. Romans 4 tells us that Abraham believed against all hope. He knew the odds were against him because at the time that God called him and promised him uh, that his descendants would be greater than the stars in the sky and the sands on the seashore and that he would have a son, Abraham was 100 years old. In Romans 4.21, we read that Abraham was fully convinced though that God was able to do what He had promised Are we that convinced of God's ability to do what He has promised to do? To keep us, to protect us, to provide for us? Abraham, see, zoned in on the promise that God would never change. And he believed. Forever, O Lord, the psalmist says in Psalm 119, Your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. And that, for us, is so difficult to understand because things change. We're so accustomed to change every day, every moment, that we think it's normal. For God, He never changes. In an ever-changing world, we can count on our unchanging God because His purposes never change. See, God has promised that His eternal purposes will never change even when our daily circumstances cause us to be unsettled. Here too, Abraham had a moment when I'm sure he, in his humanity, had to, had to step back and say, you gave me this son and now you want me to do what? You want me to take him to Mount Moriah and sacrifice him? Kill him? Slay him on that altar before you? Abraham was asked to sacrifice his one and only son, Isaac, in Genesis 22. And you know what Abraham did? He obeyed and was about to sacrifice his son when the Lord provided the ram for the sacrifice. After Abraham's obedience, God uttered an oath and a guarantee He said in Genesis 22.16, By myself I have sworn, declares the Lord, because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you. And I will surely multiply your offspring as the stars of the heaven and the sands that are on the seashore. And God pronounced a promise and if that weren't enough, He also made a pledge. Those two certain things that the writer of Hebrews talks about. How many times in the past week have you had to change? Maybe even your promise to someone. How many times in the few past hours have you changed your mind about something? We all do. All the time. But God's mind and His purposes never change. Isaiah chapter 14 verse 24 says, The Lord of hosts has sworn. He says, As I have planned, so it shall be. And as I have purposed, so shall it stand. Think a parallel passage to that Romans 8, 28 and twenty nine that we're all so familiar with. You could probably recite it from memory. It says, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to His purpose, for those whom He foreknew, He also predestined to become." conformed to the image of His Son so that He would be the firstborn among many brethren. In our ever-changing world, what can we count on? We can count on our unchanging God, His promises, His purposes, because both of these work out of who God is, His personality. Well, I thought God was Spirit. Spirit. God is three in one. We talk about Him as a person, having personality. God loves. He grieves. He's jealous for you that you would grow in your knowledge and your understanding of Him, that you would be protected from evil. Abraham's faith rested on this one thing, the unchangeableness of God. And you and I can count on that same God's unchangeableness, on His personality to be the same today as it was yesterday, and as it will be tomorrow, and forever and ever. Amen. Abraham believed that God told the truth about Himself. And God was true to his personality, to who he was. Even without fulfillment of the promise that the birth of a son for 25 years, Abraham hung on to the promise that God had given to him. And when he was asked to sacrifice that son of promise, Abraham believed that even if he put him to death, God would raise that son from the dead. Since it is impossible for God to lie, His promise and His pledge are secure. None of us are like that. Sometimes you might walk in my study and be greeted with a smile, other times you might walk in my study and be greeted with a frown. I'm moody. You know what? And you are too. We are a peculiar people. Literally, called out by God to be his prized possession. But we have uh, moods, we have passions, we, we change from day to day and moment to moment. But you know what? God never changes, He never has bad days. And when you stop and think about it, He never has good days. They are all His days and he is our consistently true and loving god he doesn't treat us according to the whims of the moment he's always completely consistent with ourselves what would happen if god's personality changed the way yours changes or the way my mind changes would you want to go to him would you approach him with confidence If you knew that He was going to be in a constant state of flux every time you walked into His throne room, you'd probably never pray. Never trust. Never step out in faith. You'd never ask for His help because you were not real sure what you were going to get from Him. God's personality is the same. Yesterday, today, And forever. It's the same as it was toward Moses. It's the same as it was toward Abraham. That's why the Bible calls him the God of Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Even though people come and go and let us down, God never lets us down, God remains the same. He's the same today as He was then, which means that He is absolutely reliable and completely consistent and dependable in His personality. Because He does not change, we can rely on the unchanging truth of the Scriptures in the midst of changing world. What He pronounces as sin will always be sin. What He pronounces as good will always be good. What He has forgiven, He will always forgive. All that He has promised to do must come to pass. And our great hope of salvation lies in His remaining exactly who He is and who He has said He is and what He's going to do. Paul writes in Galatians chapter 1, verses 3 and 4. He says, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ who gave Himself for our sins so that He might rescue us from this present evil age according to the will of God our Father. See, God doesn't say today, you are my child Tomorrow you're not. He draws us by His grace, through His peace, through the sacrifice of His Son, our Savior Jesus Christ, that we can be certain of our hope and our salvation to the point that we have a steadfast and sure hope in a world of certain change. We can be sure of this. God does not change. This hope we have, the writer of Hebrews says, as an anchor of our soul. A hope both sure and steadfast and one which enters within the veil where Jesus has entered as a forerunner for us, having become a high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. See, we can hold fast to that anchor because it's stationed right there at the right hand of God our Father. The writer of Hebrews says, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for He who promised is faithful. See, here's where it gets interesting. The God who is unchanging calls us to change. The God who never changes calls us to change. It's great that God never changes, but wouldn't it be awful if you and I never did? And it's exactly there, because He is immutable, He is unchangeable, that you and I can experience the hope of lasting change in our lives from the inside out as we are transformed by the working of the Holy Spirit, the unchangeable God in us. Paul says in Romans 12 too, don't be conformed to this world. Don't be pushed into the mold of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind through the promise of God's Word. Through the consistency of who He is and the dependability and His unchangeable nature, so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. One thing we should never say is, I can't change. Why? Because once we say that, we are saying that we are immutable like God. And you know what? That's a lie. Old dogs can be taught new tricks. They can. Just as my assurance of salvation rests in the fact that God cannot change, my hope of salvation rests in the fact that I can change. That hope that we have is an anchor for our souls. There was an ancient sailing practice called Kedging, which involved dropping of an anchor, but not as you think you drop an anchor off the side of your boat or your uh, little... What do you call it? Kayak. Kayak, yeah, that's the word. Or your kayak. This kedging involved a crew of sailors getting in a smaller boat taking the anchor of the ship out into safe waters and dropping that anchor. And then the larger ship would follow along into those safe waters. When storms or turbulent seas would threaten a ship docked in harbor, a crew of sailors would jump into a smaller boat, haul the ship's anchor out to sea as far as the chain would allow them to go, and then the anchor would then be let down so the ship would pull itself into deeper, safer waters on the anchor chain. And you know what? That's exactly what Jesus Christ at the right hand of God the Father does for us. He is the anchor. And we are catching to Him. He is the anchor for our soul. The forerunner that verse 19 says is sure and steadfast. Where's that anchor? It's in heaven at the right hand of God our Father. And Jesus provides us with that stability in the midst of storms. So our lives ever-changing might never change. The world tells us that the only constant in the world is change. And as we look back with 2020 vision upon all the events of this past year and consider stepping ahead by faith into the year 2020, no matter what it may bring, let's remember this. In an ever-changing world, we can count on our unchanging God who is good. Not just sometime, but all the time. That God is immutable, unchangeable. He's infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in His promises, His perfection, and His person. Heavenly Father, oh how we long Oh, how we long, Lord, to live near You. The stability of Your throne in the midst of all the winds of change around us. Even through them, Lord, we pray that we would be Your people. People who... Trust wholly and completely in You, our immutable, unchangeable God. May that be our hope. May Jesus Christ be our anchor, our rock, and our strength as we move into a new year 2020. We pray in Christ's name. Amen.